Have you tried Music to Code By yet? Well, why not? Here's a comment Joe left on the website. This is also great music to mow by. I like listening to music while doing yard work to help the monotony of it seem less tedious. This past summer, I started listening to these tracks while doing yard work, and they worked great! I could let the music play in the background without focusing on it, and it seemed to help me concentrate on getting through my tasks. Thanks, Joe. And you know, now you can download the entire 13-track collection. That's over five and a half hours of music to code by for only 39 bucks. Check it out at musictocodeby.net. Dotnet Rocks, episode 1394, with guests Will Gant and B.J. Burns. Recorded Friday, December 2nd, 2016. Welcome back to Dotnet Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Here for another hour of solid goodness towards the end of the year. Almost uh, two days left before this year is gone. It was a good year, don't you think? No, I think it's been a pretty rough year. Yeah? Between Brexit and Trump, yeah. Well, okay, pol- politics aside, it's been a rough year for you. Your basement flooded. Well, there is that. But that was like the year before. It just took us a year to fix it. <laughs> and let's face it, it's still not finished. Yeah, uh, yeah. I still have a hole in the ground where my shed used to be, but mm-hmm. you know, they, and this is the first world of your first world problems, right? Like, yeah, my family's healthy, the bills are paid. Like, oh, she, you'd definitely really be upset about. Yeah, but still, we'll find a way. Uh, the collapse of democracy is starting to piss me off, but that's a separate <laughs> issue. <laughs> All right, well, we won't be doing a geek out on that anytime soon. Not I'm this sure. week, that's no. for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, BJ Burns and Will Gant are here, but before we introduce them, I've got something to share for Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? All right. This being show 1394, if you go to 1394.pwop.me, you'll see this video on YouTube with uh, Catherine Scott. And she works at simplecv.org. And uh, SimpleCV is a computer vision library for Python. Nice. And it's based on OpenCV, which we've talked about before. Is this great library for doing computer vision. But it's not for mere mortals. This code was written by scientists. And as such, it's uh, pretty hard to uh, get going version-wise. Like, there's a lot of detail that you need to pay attention to just before you can get to Hello World. So Simple CV uh, basically took a, a fork of that, or uh, at least the latest version, and added a whole bunch of documentation and simplified things and uh, put a whole bunch of helper libraries in there. And uh, Catherine does this great video where she shows off computer vision, basically the Raspberry Pi, hmm. and some Python code, and it can do th- simple primitive things like... Uh, 
recognize lines and recognize blobs. Like she takes a picture of a tray of cookies and finds the yellow ones and, you know, that kind of thing. And then, of course, she does things with faces, finds uh, faces and uh, and eyes and mouths and all that kind of stuff. And Awesome. Yeah. And then she does uh, other things where uh, you can just do motion detection. So I just thought this was really great, and uh, it's a great demo, and the code is easy and simple, and if you've written any kind of code in any language whatsoever, you could probably figure it out. Yeah, Python's not horrible, you know? No. It's, it's pretty straight-up code. It's very legible. It is very legible, and, you know, uh, surprisingly um, surprisingly terse, you know? Like, you don't have to say a lot to, to get results. Yeah. And um, very cool stuff in this video, so I, I encourage you all to check it out. Nice. Yeah, so who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1361, the one we did back in October of 2016 with Blake Helms and Rob Schieffer. We were talking about building uh, .NET meetup groups. Yeah. You know, sort of the modernization of the user group, what that looks like these days. And uh, and this comment comes from Manio, who says, uh, awesome episode. You've probably heard about the Microsoft Student Partner Program. But the fact is, in every country, it looks totally different. Actually, lots of people haven't heard of this program, dude. So yeah, what is it? So it's good to bring it up. Uh, in Poland, for instance, the MSPs are responsible for organizing .NET groups at their college and university. I became an MSP this year, now leading a .NET group in the University of Warsaw. It's a great opportunity to get to know fellow students, practice my presentation skills, and share my knowledge and learn. So this is, I mean, Microsoft has a program around encouraging university-level students to get involved in uh, sort of development groups and and working in software and that sort of thing. Cool beans. And But it does look different country to country. So I, I've dealt with MSPs in Canada, which is one thing. We have a lot of workshop spaces and things like that. They're doing. They're actually involved in the CS program at their universities with part of the Microsoft Student Program. But uh, Manny was talking about the Polish version of that. Hmm. It goes on to say, I've been attending WG.NET meetups in the Warsaw.NET group where I can learn and talk from professionals that make a great .NET community. There's lots of nice meetups all over the world. I agree, Manio. Everywhere we go, we bump into some amazing developers, and they have their all their own ways of getting together and learning more from each other. Sure do. So, uh, and uh, very happy to send a .NET Rocks mug to Poland. Yeah. So .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you, and if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media. We publish every show to Facebook and Google+, and if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. And send us a tweet. We read them while we're sipping vodka out of our .NET Rocks mugs. <laughs> Strange buffalo grass vodka. <laughs> who, who would make that with a little apple juice at lunchtime? And then we had to go back to work. What am I talking about? Welcome to Poland. That's it. That was Poland. That was Poland for me. Poland in five sentences. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Long lunches. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And very tough afternoons. And they can drink. Oh, my God. They can drink that vodka. Yep. Oh, well. More power to him. Uh, let's introduce our guests, BJ Burns and Will Gant. BJ has a bachelor's degree in psychology, of all things. He attended medical school before changing careers to become a programmer. Wow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> psychology, <laughs> medical school, settled on a programming job. Close. Currently, he is working as a full-stack developer for the state of Tennessee at the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. His hobbies include tinkering with IoT projects, riding his motorcycle, 
and co-hosting the Complete Developer Podcast. Will Gant is a full-stack C-sharp JavaScript and Delphi developer living in Nashville, Tennessee, working for Transformations, LLC, as a contractor under Gant Software Systems and as a partner in an agricultural trading platform called Agulus. He's used .NET since the first public beta and has recently started doing some lower-level work in Delphi, as well as kicking the tires on .NET Core. In addition, he's an avid weightlifter, a winemaker, occasional hunter, and terrible with both nine irons and soldering irons. Nice. Okay. Welcome, BJ. Welcome, Will. Thanks, guys. Having us. All right, let's get your voices straight. BJ, say hello. Hey, this is me. And Will? Hello. Very cool. Um, you guys like the IoT stuff. Have you seen the, the uh, Simple CV that I talked about? I have not. I have not. No. Okay, but it but it's in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, his more than mine. I'm uh, I'm a little uh, I have a little bit of a difficulty with hardware. I have a <laughs> tendency to burn myself with soldering irons. It's kind of <laughs> you're holding gang. it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't. the hot bit is not the end to hold. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't let him uh, anywhere near the soldering iron when we work on stuff. There you go. That's so cool. So um, just tell us your story. Who wants to go first? Well, I guess I'll start off um, because it's kind of, we're going to talk about um, the apprenticeship that we did and it'd right. probably be good to set it up to where you guys understand where I was coming from when, uh, when Will kind of took me on as his apprentice. Okay. So as you said in the intro, I have a degree in psychology. I went to med school. Um, and uh, while I was there, I got married and divorced. Oh, man. It was a whirlwind rela- relationship there. <laughs> but uh, kind of threw my emotions, mindset kind of for a loop. And so uh, took some time off from school, came back to Tennessee and uh, was spending time with Will and some of our other friends, most of which are programmers. And uh, they reminded me how much I really enjoyed programming mm. uh, back when I was in high school. Because wow. I had taken classes in high school on programming. Wow. Um, That's awesome. You it. know, heck, heck with the apprenticeship. This is a human interest story. I want to hear about your uh, med school and psychology and your, your marriage and divorce. And uh, I mean, you could write a book. That kind of stuff. I might do that one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've lived a lot in a short amount of time. So you became an apprentice of Will. How did you guys meet? We were friends in college. Go I was ahead. in the process of pulling a prank and was actually trying to get a hold of his roommate. <laughs> and Beach uh, <laughs> kind of volunteered to join in. So <laughs> that's, and I actually haven't talked to the roommate in years. Um, oh no! Well, so, yeah. So the prank was on BJ. Uh, no, his roommate. No. It, it's it's kind of a long story, <laughs> but uh, it it was a situation where I needed somebody to kind of look over something and go, "Yeah, this is this is a good idea, and you won't get expelled." Oh, <laughs> um, it, it ain't a good prank if there isn't a risk of being expelled. Okay. Yeah. So um, well, I'll just tell you what what he did. He uh, rewrote the. Um, was it first 14 lines of Romeo and Juliet 
to mock the university we were at. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it published it in the school's underground newsletter, and <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but it was one of those things. There, we went to a very uh, strict fundamentalist church, Christ school, uh-huh. and so they didn't have the sense of humor that no, we had. No, no, and so, so it's funny. Uh, were you were you looking for legal counsel? Because uh, <laughs> I just wanted somebody to just. You know, reassure me that, yeah, if you do this, you probably won't get expelled. <laughs> so, yeah. Long story there. So what was the fallout from that? Um, I actually won an award in the uh, underground <laughs> newsletter. So that increased my degree of risk tolerance. But uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we were roommates in college. Okay. Um, and then, you know, afterward, uh, Beej and I did martial arts together Um and then he moved away to go to med school and all this stuff happened. And then he ended up back here. Mm. And I don't know how much, how much of it you want to go into beach as far as. Well, that's, I mean, we can, we can talk a little bit about it because I was in a pretty rough state. Yeah. Um, just emotionally. And he doesn't mean mentally. Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Texas nice. is rougher. I think. Well, he was in Louisiana. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but um they they drink their their whiskey out of uh .net rocks mugs down there. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, Louisiana, that's uh that's where they have drive-through daiquiri shops. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh now I uh when I moved back, I was in a pretty rough state and I wasn't sure I wanted to continue with med school or anything like that and uh Will and a couple of our other friends um they they mainly got me into programming just to kind of give me something to focus on other than all the crap that was going on in my life. Sure. And, uh, then I kind of surprised them when I started asking pretty deep questions. Like they, they didn't expect me to really take to it. Okay. Yeah. When he started getting into, uh, you know, asking questions about link, um, that's when we knew we'd very specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he was wanting to know implementation details. Right. So, so that uh, set you on the course of, of programming. What was the apprenticeship like? I mean, were there, what did you do? Just give him things to work on until you thought, you know, okay, let's work on a real project for a customer or how, how long did it take and what was that whole process like? Uh, well, it started out, um, you know, he was coming over here and I had set up a card table, uh, right behind my workstation. I was, I was working from home doing contract work and initially it was just, you know, him working on small stuff, you know, trying to get concepts down. And periodically when I would be doing something interesting, I would bring him over and and he would watch over my shoulder. Um, there was like a couple of months there that I was building a calculator app. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I found this tutorial for a calculator. It drove Will crazy because I just was like, I, I kept adding on to it <laughs> and asking him questions about. It. He's like, could you just do something else? <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually like brought my ga- graphing calculator down and just handed it to him and go here. It's already implemented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what he had to do. And you know, of course, he would come over. You know, I was I was working on stuff for a client, and then I also was working on stuff for Agulus um, after hours. And so, anytime he heard, um, you know, hey, B, this is you know looking interesting, or if he heard a stream of profanity, you know, he would come over and sit and watch over my shoulder. <laughs> Attracted to and, drama. Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, 
but that gave him the opportunity to kind of see how an experienced developer could um, approach a problem right. you know, versus what they teach you in school and, and in boot camp type scenarios. Boy, you got that right. I mean, there's nothing better than watching somebody figure out a bug to yeah. actually get a model of how to problem solve. Yeah, and and the other thing too is he watched me absolutely face plant three yeah. or four times on stuff, which I, I join the club, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that that gives a realism to software development that I think you don't get in school because usually it's you know you can implement whatever the teacher gave you, right? You know, given enough effort versus you know some of the stuff I was trying to do in there. Like we had a custom data access layer, yeah, and. <clears throat> I was grossly abusing T4 templates and generics <laughs> at the same time. Okay. What could go yeah. wrong? Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, he got to see a lot of that and, you know, see a lot of how collaboration worked on our team as well. So he kind of knew how the, uh, you know, the sprints were working and, um, you know, how we figured out what we needed to work on next. You know, he was kind of sitting in on those meetings I was going to say, one of the big things that helped me, I guess, most when I got out and, you know, got my first job uh, outside the apprenticeship was having been able to sit in on the meetings and, like, see how things were designed and, you know, see how things are planned out. Right. So that was, that was like, a really big help. Yeah. It's nothing like exposure to real projects. The, the question is... Were you able to provide any value in these early days, BJ? Were you just purely isolated on, you know, test case projects? I can speak to that. Um, a lot of times just running stuff by him and answering the questions that he had helped clarify it for me. Um, I was basically a squeaky rubber duck. Especially right. if I got stuck. I get the idea that just like, you know, asking inexperienced questions makes everybody think a little more and often you know, reveal stuff you didn't realize. So mm. that, that, that's kind of powerful, actually. Yeah, it was, it was hugely helpful from this end. So how long did the apprenticeship go on, and when did it turn into, BJ, a, a career for you? Oh, let's see. Uh, I started learning towards the end of 2014. And, uh, well, what would you say is about, Early well, I, May of 2015 that I started actually taking on some projects. Well, no, because I gave you the first project I paid you for was like in February. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because hmm. oh. uh, I started throwing stuff to him, you know, basically as soon as I could. Right. Um, I was overloaded anyway. Um, and then I, um, in April, I actually had him redesign my company website um, cause I was going to microconf, which I actually ran into John Sonmez there. Oh, cool. uh, I met him first time face to face, but, um, when I was heading out to that conference, you know, BJ was staying at the house, you know, dog sitting and all that. And, um, you know, filled up the, the beer fridge completely, you know, packed it full with beer <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, gave him that website project to do. And yeah, yeah. That's awesome. He knocked it out. And then I started, see, I got a call from a client, I think right after I got back, who also needed a website done. And he started on a podcast and he had seen our stuff and was wanting me to do it. And I had had Beach develop the Complete Developer Podcast website as well. Um, 
you know, the goal there was to kind of let him do a project himself, you know, in its entirety and, um, you know, do the project plan and, you know, do all the specs and actually implement it and, you know, report back and all that stuff. And then I got absolutely snowed under um, yeah. on my own work. And so when I came back to look at it, there was like two little pieces of CSS I had to critique and that was it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was just like massively nitpicky because I was, I was like, I don't want him to think it's perfect just right out the gate, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, well, I, I and you get in this trap of, I have to say something. Yeah. And then I kind of caught myself on that and I'm like, no, I really don't, you know? Yeah. And well, and it's sort of the reality. Everything can be better, right? This is degrees of return. You know, have you gotten over the threshold? What difference would it make from here? Like, what do we really need to change? Right. And these were, like I said, they were very small cosmetic issues. He had the whole site, you know, secured and running. Mm -hmm. um, it was WordPress uh, with some modifications. Um, my personal, my, you know, my company website, he actually switched it from WordPress to Hexo. And so he was having to do with you know, deal with Node.js and Grunt scripts and all that fun stuff. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? what uh, I'm just curious, BJ. Why would you do that? Why would I switch to Hexo? Uh, Will wanted a statically generated site. Okay. And uh, Hexo was one that uh, we'd found that actually looked pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked the uh, the way they use EJS for their templates. And so I actually switched my blog over uh, to Hexo. And then when Will saw how well that worked, he asked me to uh, to switch his website over too. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, nice. And yeah, simple, statically generated, in, imminently indexable. Like, that's good. It's, mm -hmm. I, I'm always surprised that we, you know, data generated da or data driven blog sites. Like, it just doesn't change that fast. We're not that quick a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is uh, WordPress. Like you get notifications for all these hack attempts and everything. Yeah, and right. it was constant. You know, like people are getting blocked from you know attempted logins, and and it was just it was a constant worry. Whereas with that, it's like okay, if somebody hacks it, I just run the script again and yeah, it's knock back. yourself out. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So BJ, is your software development been all web or have you been working on any other platforms as well? I mean, have you been tinkering with IoT things, but um, is, is web development primarily in your wheelhouse? Uh, pretty much most of what I've done has been web development other than, like you said, a little messing around with IoT. Um, I've done a little bit of mobile. That was more just uh, writing a couple of goofy games for my nieces. Okay. Um, nothing that I would really want published. There's <laughs> Cordova or Unity. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What did you but, use uh, for that? What was that? It was a game builder. Unity, maybe. Yes, that's it. Unity. Sorry, oh, cool. it was about a year or two ago. I did it, so it's one of the first things I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, once you've got the C sharp superpower, all of these things are possible, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the Unity superpower is is even more pronounced than the C sharp in in Unity programming. C sharp is kind of really just a script language with Unity. You just handle some events for some customization things, but man, that is fun. And and I've taught people um or lured people into programming, mostly kids, by doing uh, Unity games. That's a really fun place to start. 
Well, one of the, the places that uh, Will and Ben and some of my other friends started was, um, is it Code Combat? Or there's some of those, like, you get on and it's like a video game, but you're writing code. Neat. Yeah, that's right. I think we talked and, about that on uh, yep, Code um, Combat's a site. Yeah. yeah. That's probably where we uh, got the idea from, actually. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, and uh, and so they sent me there, and that was one of the first things they sh- they showed me, and it was it was neat and interesting. But um, what really drew me in was uh, when I found um, uh, at the time I had Windows Eight on my laptop, mm-hmm. and in the Windows Store were some C sharp tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. I found those and was just writing some console apps that. For some unknown reason, that's what drug me in. Wow. Console apps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Old school. Yeah. Did you ever play any of those Infocom text adventure games? A long time ago. Yeah. It's going back a ways. Uh, it, you have to understand, when I was in high school, I learned Visual Basic, Pascal, and C++. Wow. So, sort of where the where my mindset on what programming was. Right. Right. Well, I'm still doing Pascal kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I what Delphi, Delphi is based on. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what's that about? Uh, we, we use it for our uh, document composition tool. Um, we, you know, we deal with a lot of uh, low level printing stuff and it's, I'm actually having a blast. I mean, it's got generics um, and I can, you know, totally shoot myself in the foot with pointers. So, right. like that bonus. I, yeah, I'm I'm I mean I'm like a kid at Christmas cuz it <laughs> it does exactly what you tell it to and nothing else. Yeah. I'll tell you what's fun is even though I'm not apprenticing with Will and I have a full-time job I come over here once a week to record and he still gives me lessons on the whiteboard <laughs> before we record. That's so cool. It's usually something that he's worked on, and he's like, "You got to see this." <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me draw you an interaction diagram of how I shot myself in the foot today. <laughs> uh, let me relive yeah. this horror. Yeah, yeah, for your benefit. Yeah. Well, uh, hang on, you guys. Uh, just wait right there because Richard, you know what time it is now. I must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time to rewrite the first 10 lines of that song by the Apers, You Think You're So Damn Funny, to make fun of .NET Rocks. So let's see, I'm reading this, and uh, you know, I I wouldn't change a thing. It's it's perfect, actually, just the way it is. (laughs) It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Don Remy. Congratulations, Don. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for Don. 
And uh, Don just won the DevExpress D-Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from them. And, you know, if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree, which we just did last yes. Thursday to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club, which you got to sign up to win. And Brian Wilson was our winner this year. He got a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of, he got a Surface Book and an iPad and an Xbox and a phone, a whole bunch of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. We also like to ask our guests, Will and BJ, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology right now, what would you buy? Will? I would get Beach a better laptop. Uh, <laughs> Such a good friend you are. Wow. No, it's uh, like that's, right. that's our recording box and it's painful. Like it'll freeze while we're, uh, while we're podcasting and we just have to stop talking and wait on it to catch up. You know, that's the geek equivalent of, hey, dude, you got spinach in your teeth. Nice. You know, yeah. that's like a better laptop. Here. And, and, and from one podcast to another, dude, get an H6. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah I, I figure. I figure you could get him a better laptop and then you could get some thermite to use on the old one. <laughs> I can help no, you with just kind of <laughs> close that loop there. Yeah. You have to understand the, the old laptop is the one that I had in medical school. Oh my. And I, I had gotten it because it didn't need, it wasn't a dev machine. It, I needed to hold large amounts of PowerPoint slides with, like thousands of slides of pathology on them. There you go. Which is, you know, it, it's perfect for that. Not so much for recording audio or development. Yeah. Yeah. I think the term thousands of slides of pathology is a pretty apt description of that nah. laptop. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a half a pound of thermite could turn that into some glossy jewelry. So. <laughs> That's true. Right. how he knows. Yeah, you could wear the remains of it. So, BJ, I guess that answers your question too. What you would buy? I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I would. I would not destroy my old laptop, but I would get a new one, and uh, I'd probably spend the uh, not spend the full five thousand on it. Uh, I might. Um, one thing that Will and I have talked about doing is uh, we're both. Well, I'm from a small town. He's from out in the sticks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I see. We both yeah, we've both talked about uh, getting a bunch of the Raspberry Pi starter kits mm-hmm. and uh, going to some of the rural high schools in our area and yeah. uh, maybe starting up some tech clubs. Mm. Um, I know his mom is a teacher out at the high school he went to. So yeah, wow, that's so like great. something that we we might do with that. Um, we're we're in the process. We're like talking about trying to figure out how to do it and and stuff but uh very cool yeah because i mean like the place uh, you know the town i grew up in there's a lot of rural poverty you know there's right it's appalachia basically and yeah there's there's a lot of people that really could have quite a bit better lives you know with some tech if they built up some skills because you know the jobs are not there anymore right i'll tell you what with a raspberry pi and a keyboard mouse and a television you can basically get started. That's yeah. not a whole lot of money. Yeah, and they all pretty much everybody has a TV, right? Well, so I, uh, it'd be pretty cheap per person. Last Christmas, I built my nieces. They're six and four, 
a little computer with a Raspberry Pi and a keyboard. Nice. So they could plug in and uh, went on and put in all like the child safety lock stuff so they can't you know, get on the internet or anything. But yeah. it's tons of games for them to play. And they're also you know, learning something a little different because you know it's a Linux OS instead of uh, Windows. So. Right. Right. That brings me um, to my next question, which is, do you guys plan to take your success with this apprenticeship and... I don't know, share your information, your experiences. I mean, besides being on the show, but do you have any plans to sort of, uh, widen that a bit? Well, we're, we're kind of doing that with the podcast. Um, you right. know, we, we discuss, you know, various things and all that. I mean, we would like to do that one-on-one, uh, with, with other apprentices. We're just not really sure how to structure all that yet. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's hard when you you are the resource, you know, and uh, yeah, the most you can do is sort of encourage people to help each other. Well, one thing we do, we um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Code Newbies, um, no, another podcast, but they also oh, yeah. do meetups okay. um, around the country, and uh, we teamed up with uh, with them and run the Code Newbie Nashville meetup, which is. A lot of a lot of the people there are just starting to learn, or they're in the process. We have a bunch of people just starting to learn coding. A lot of people coming to it like I did as a second or third career. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And then uh, we also have some that are in school or in like uh, software schools, like um, coding boot camps and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and uh, that's. That's one way we're we're trying to kind of expand that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, meetup meetups are an awesome thing to do, and anybody can do that wherever you are. You know, me, I guess meetup.com is the the iconic mm-hmm. uh, website that does this, but there are others. And you know, you just put a thing out there where you where you're going to have a meetup and say if anybody's interested, you know, this is what we're going to be talking about, and you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people that might just show up because they saw it on meetup.com. Sure. Yeah. The biggest, uh, biggest attendance we ever had was what? 31, 32. Yeah. And we were expecting about 15. (laughs) Yeah. That was a small problem, but we figured it out. Um, (laughs) But we'd like to see that thing grow. We're just, you know, we're kind of taking our first uh, tentative steps towards, you know, doing that. I mean, now that B just had some success, and some of the people we worked with in Code Newbies have had some success. I think mm-hmm. what two of them are now working with you, Beach. Yeah, well, one's working with me. Another one is working in a different department at the state. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we we've had a few a few people that have uh, finished up school, um, and uh, then gone on and. I don't want to say it's like because of us, but you know, they asked us, well, what, what do you do in interviews or how'd you do this? Or what do you say when you're asked this question or that? Right. Um, that's kind of some of the stuff we talk about at, uh, at the meetups. And so we've had two of them work at the state with me. And I think three or four of them have found jobs that have finished up school so far. And wow. that's, we've been doing it for about six, seven months now. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, BJ, where do you feel like you are in your career as a developer? Do you still feel like a, a rank beginner? What do you know? What do you think you need to learn next? I 
Actually, it's interesting. I had a conversation with uh, with my boss just yesterday. Um, I, I've been, I am a contractor right now, and they're wanting to bring me on permanent. Nice. Um, it's a compliment. As a yeah. Uh, uh, and she was telling me how many hours I have left, and asking if I wanted overtime so that I could, you know, make it quicker to get uh, get brought on. So, right. mm-hmm. but. Um, I feel I'm a solid junior developer. Um, I've got about six months of outside of the apprenticeship work experience now. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen some some other junior developers who uh, coming out of school and other things going into the workforce. And I was like, the apprenticeship prepared me a lot more than they were when they came out. Not nothing bad about them. It's just the preparation I had because of, you know, getting to sit in on meetings and see how things were designed and see some of the really difficult stuff will faced and, you know, seeing how he problem solved, I think has put me a step ahead. And, um, because of that, I feel I'm, at a solid junior developer position now, working towards that mid-level than going up to senior. That's great. Does that mean you consider yourself a journeyman now, following the sort of traditional guild model? Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And and you know the 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 again in the traditional guild model, the journeyman was now the some the 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 person that was sent away from his apprenticeship to go have experiences under different leadership and uh, and sort of broaden their horizons and experiences. Yeah, that's that, pretty much the way it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, funny, huh? Because uh, um, I know at one point when I was looking for jobs, uh, Will and another friend of mine also works with him over at Transformations. They had, they had talked about, well, we could bring him on here, but don't know if that would be the, the best type of atmosphere for him and they they told me about it and i said i don't want it it's like huh. I, i've learned from you guys and i can still come to you when i need help with something but i need to move somewhere where i don't have you guys guiding me i ha- have other people's experience to learn from sure sure yeah yeah that other those other experiences that come out for different angles better or worse like there's no way to know it's just different yes exactly yeah and it's it's funny now because he'll bring stuff in, and you know he's what well, he's been doing Angular for what four months, five months now, five months, yeah. Like yeah, they brought you on as a back end developer, and then you just kind of got slurped over into the front end team, as you do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he comes up with stuff sometimes. You know, this stuff I've not seen before. Well, it must be neat to get a uh, a beginner's, not necessarily beginners, but, you know, someone without the experience to get their perspective on things that you've just sort of accepted, right? Uh, has yeah. there been any time when, when BJ has come to you and said, you know, you know, this is the way it's done, but why? This is really kind of stupid. Wouldn't it be better to have something that does X? Yeah, that's, that's happened a few times. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's he's pretty quick on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just speaks to the fact that, you know, sometimes us more experienced people, we, we're just sort of accepting of the way things are. 
and, you know, just maybe more comfortable with the way things are when we don't see right in front of our face that it can be done differently or better. Yeah, uh, that's that's happened quite a bit. I mean, you learn a lot more when you teach people than when you you know take classes. Sure, sure. Um, just just by virtue of the fact that you have to explain things in a clear fashion and you know, um, kind of kind of make it simple. Like we you know we got into all the uh, design pattern stuff, and I mean like when you when you look at those like if you have the Gang of Four book versus just having that intuitive understanding of how the pieces fit together. Yeah. It's, it's really, really different. It's almost like it's not the same stuff at all. <laughs> well, applied is an interesting thing, right? Like books, especially the gang of four book are written in an abstract way because they had to apply to a lot of circumstances. All the conversations you guys are having around an actual application you're working on. So they, it's going to be fairly grounded. Yeah. It's kind of unavoidable. And the other thing too is it's it's also forced me to circle back on some stuff and uh, you know revisit things that I was comfortable with before and go okay is this actually still the right way to approach things because I mean well you know you guys both do .net and you've been around long enough you know you remember like like back when we we never used the designer for anything yeah because it would crash the IDE like right. every time yeah and I still don't for anything ever if I can possibly get away from it and that's not entirely productive but it's just like it's an old scar it's a reflex yeah yeah and so when you have a junior developer come in there they're like why are you doing this the hard way and you realize hey they've, they've actually fixed a lot of this stuff and it, it doesn't crash and you know make you lose your work like if you remember like Visual Studio 2002 I mean that you, you just didn't open the designer at all yeah um of course, I still do. I still do a lot of web forms with my day job. Um, they're a little bit behind the curve there um, on that stuff. They're they're working on getting to you know MVC and Web API, but it's it's not there yet. Um, but having Beach come back in and go, you know, man, you're you're doing this the hard way. It's like that's helpful for me too. Like I don't I don't feel like I gave him anything. I guess right. on this is what I'm saying. It's a it's a transaction where we both came out ahead. I could I could agree with that totally. There's a power to fresh eyes, right? Yeah. And not knowing enough to be afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Andy shows up with beer. So I mean yeah, well, yeah. that. He could stay. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> uh that's that's how I paid for lessons. I just show up and bring beer. There you and, go. You know, Were you guys yeah, like this in uh in college? Would you get together and study and drink beer and you know and hash things out? Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. I mean, he was he was doing psychology and I was actually you know, I was in a comp sci program. Mm. Um and our our school we weren't um technically allowed to have alcohol, like you would get expelled for it. Oh. Um which meant you had to be sneaky. <laughs> um <laughs> or just drive two miles away from campus. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> Don't drink and drive, kids. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we kind of had that that good rapport um on that stuff and then, you know, working on the podcast has helped as well because yeah. you know, he'll write about half the outlines and I write about half the outlines, you know, give or take and having to break things down and then bounce it off the other person. Right. Um yeah, that that's we've really kind of got a pretty good ecosystem for you know, me being the the teacher and him being the apprentice and actually, you know, improving both of us. Right. Um, and th- this has also kind of helped me a little bit um, 
as I'm I'm kind of moving towards management. I mean, that's my goal. You know, mm-hmm. fairly soon, I'm already doing some project management type work and uh, mentoring other developers and that kind of stuff. And this is experience for me in that area. So I just really yeah. think it's a it's a good way to approach the thing for everybody, no matter what end of the spectrum they're on. Yeah, no kidding, and uh, you know, absolutely, absolutely viable. I'm I'm just and I'm still thinking about BJ's growth plan here. It's like, how does he become more experienced? Where does he end up? I I'm frustrated with this idea that there's there's like junior and there's senior and there's no intermediate. You know, yeah, that there's sort of getting to that point where it's like, no, I'm I'm a comfortable journeyman. Like I've had a set of experiences. I know how to do these things. I know there's more to learn, but there's always more to learn. Well, you know, it's it's interesting where I'm at at the state in the T deck. It's um, there are several developers that are more experienced than me, and then there are several that. Uh, have come on since I started and this is their first job. Mm -hmm. So I feel kind of in the middle there where I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm not as advanced as the guys that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. We've got one guy that's been doing it for 30 years. Um, But I'm more, I've got more experience than the person, you know, who has been here a month and they yeah, this is their first job out of school. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, it's interesting because, uh, we all, we have a really good working relationship, the developers, um, to where if one of us needs help with something, it's really easy just to find somebody that has done something similar. Well, guys, um, where do you want to leave this? Uh, is, is there a call to action for both apprentice and for a mentor that uh, it, it's a good idea to pair up with somebody for, for your benefit and for theirs to make this a better world? I, I would say so. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of always looking for mentors as well, um, you know, even just for myself, um, especially, you know, like I can remember – um, getting taught how to debug JavaScript and it wasn't all that terribly long ago um, that, you know, I actually got help from, you know, somebody better. And, you know, later I worked with the same guy on, an, on another project and was, you know, actually quite effective at it. And I, I think, I think that's well worth pursuing. I think everybody should be looking for somebody that knows more than them. Cause I mean, if you're the most experienced person in the room, you know, you're probably in the wrong room. Yeah. Just in general. You got that right. Well, uh, Will, BJ, thank you very much for spending this time with us. It's a great story, and I wish you continued success. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com 
for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the MCU.